pit in the Peach Bowl? Get it? It's going to be a doozy. Get it? You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the most wrong-hided guy you've ever met, Kevin Greck. Greckers, how you doing, buddy? Uh, mostly I'm recovering because we, we didn't do rule of three in the introduction. You know, we only have two, two Get of it? these, uh, yeah, two, 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 two peach bowl, uh, uh, puns, huh? Come on. Yeah, if better. you're going to make a peach ball plum, a pl- pun, I ruined that one. No, you know where I was going. Joke about my name. And a that is, pun? of course, the anonymous president of the Joey Hauser fan club, Alex Plum. Okay. Plum. We don't. You don't have to tell all of my secrets. Listen, no it, one on this podcast has had any disparaging words to be said about Joey Hauser, and it no just, one knew you were the president of the pod of the fan club. This is well, a surprise. I am. I am. I make a lot of money. I'm bankrolled by his mother. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, we of course want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast, and a, a particularly special shout out this week for everyone who took the time to share their Spotify Wrapped with uh, the pod. It was heartening and heartwarming also, is exactly what i was gonna say we question your sanity but we thank you nonetheless um we're all in this together yeah we appreciate you for doing it because it is you sharing the pod with spartans in your life the rest of you however have work to do so please share the pod with spartans in your life rate review and subscribe wherever you get podcasts and of course follow us on twitter and instagram at spartan underscore pod Greg, it is a jam-packed show. So, Plum, yeah. tell the people what the structure of the show is going to be. Oh, guys. Well, we're going to spend a long, marauding amount of time first describing and discussing behind the green wall football, which always leads. We're going to talk about our season, uh, where we ended the season number 10. We're going to talk about the Big Ten Awards, our trip to the Peach Bowl, upcoming to Atlanta. Uh, we'll get into some basketball. Had a beautiful match in the Big Ten ACC Challenge where you need to review and another beauty against that Mac powerhouse in Toledo. We'll head off Grand River and talk a little bit about... Um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. What, Don't what, trip what? on it. You what, missed what, what? a segment. Oh, I did miss a segment. Oh my God, I forgot. I, you know what? It's because I'm not scrolling appropriately on the outline. Um, we have a interview, uh, dear listeners. We've been interviewed this week with a young Mr. Zach Sneeden the president of the MSU men's water polo club team, uh, who is with us to talk a little bit about the uh, men bringing home the national championship. So we're excited to talk to him and get a little more insight into the game that can only be described as basketball meets soccer in water. Uh, We'll head off Grand River. We'll talk about uh, why Louisiana State wanted to hire a murderer. Um, We'll talk a little bit about some previews for games coming up, and then we'll take your Twitter questions. It is a jam-packed episode. The answer is the draw. The drawl is what oh, uh, I was going to get into it. I thought I thought for sure that maybe the cold open play was just me doing my best drawl uh, and see if anyone picked up on it. But yeah, I like we, the dad jokes we went with it instead. Uh, all right, let's head behind the green wall and start because it is official with football that they have finished the regular season ranked number 10 by the college football playoff committee, uh, which is the only ranking that matters. No one cares about the AP unless it's 1966. Uh, so, um, gentlemen, uh, I know we've spent a lot of time digesting the season, sort of 
where we were on expectations. But I think a full week removed, we're probably all in agreement. This is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I think we all kind of wanted, you know, a megaphone trophy, Mm. uh, Notre Dame MSU game in the Fiesta Bowl, something like that. It didn't happen. But, I mean, to get a New Year's, you know, six bowl in Even though it's not on New Year's. Even even though it's on the thirtieth, um, I I mean you've got to be pleased with this season and what happened. Super pleased. I, I mean, there's no way, there's no going around that. Uh, this has exceeded all expectations, and it's a fantastic way to end the season. Yeah. Plum, um, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. I I couldn't be happier. Um consensus big 10 coach of the year probably going to be consensus national coach of the year probably going to be consensus global universal and enter- milky way enterprise wide coach of the year mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. watching uh k93 just destroy the competition uh I, i'm 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 at a loss because i'm so excited um uh so I feel great. I feel great about the program. I feel great about where we're going. I feel great about what next season is going to look like. I can't wait for more recruiting wins. I can't wait to see all of the Twitter um, MSU media production value videos, this and that, teasing what next fall is going to bring. I can't wait for next fall. Love it. Uh, and I, I think, yes, uh, Tucker Coach of the Year, uh, K-9, uh, Big Ten Running Back of the Year. But it was Big Ten Award Week. Uh, which gives us a chance to maybe talk very briefly. We don't need to talk about everybody who got an award or didn't get an award. But, uh, you know, there's some disrespect to be had in in the awards given. Um, I think Peyton Thorne maybe has the best case for disrespect. Yeah. Cade McNamara being named a a QB uh, uh, on the third team. Something like that. That's, That's a little silly. Yeah, it wouldn't have been my choice, um, uh, you know, and then, of course, Kenneth Walker not getting uh, offensive player of the year when I actually so I listened to the discussion between Graham Couch and um, and Chris Solari about these awards, both of whom I presumably have a vote on this. And Solari was slicing hairs in the weirdest way about, well, it's it's the offensive player. It's not the player of the year. So, you know, you've got to think about who affects an offense more. If that's your argument, then uh, just say quarterback of the year. Right. right. Qu- it, it was the it, dumbest argument I'd ever heard. It's just like every, uh, uh, so many of these things. It's like the Heisman in the same way. The Heisman is effectively who's the best of the quarterback on the top five teams. Uh, unless some freak comes out of nowhere, uh, you know, freak wide receiver, freak running back. Um, that is, that is the award for the Heisman. And to just be like, well, you know, if that's your criteria, a quarterback should win every year. I don't, I don't know that there's a player in the country who changed the offensive yeah. upside of a team more who elevated Kenneth, a team more than Kenneth Walker. I mean, and look, I'm not expecting him to win the Heisman. I think it's great that he, you know, it was, it was a no brainer that he won running back of the year for the big 10. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, <laughs> I don't know how in, in, in this conference in particular that the media can look at, at what they all wrote down in advance of the season 
and and say it was it wasn't Kenneth Walker who should have won this award. And I think mm-hmm. the only conclusion I can come to is it would have shown that they're ass and truly were. I mean, half the reason we started the pod was like these these people don't know any more than we do. And and I think it's showing right now that I I, I don't know. I, I mean, we're I know U of M is going to come up throughout the podcast and, you know, they obviously had a fantastic year. Obviously, Ohio State is loaded with talent, and I'm, I'm not trying to take away anything from anybody on any of these teams who are clearly individually fantastic athletes. Right. But I, I don't know how you can come to a conclusion that someone didn't have a bigger impact on a program than Kenneth Walker. No. So Stroud, great quarterback. He's also a cog in a machine that yes. is well-oiled. So he's playing on rookie mode. You're right. Yeah. Um, that is not where the disrespect ended, though. Uh, th- there's been a, a massive chip put back on the shoulder this week. Uh, apparently, the coverage in the Peach Bowl uh, announcement, which I didn't watch because I try to avoid these these types of things. Uh, there are a lot of talk about how Pitt is just going to put up bananas numbers. I mean, like, what yeah, was the coverage I- on that? Did you see that? Well, yeah. So everybody, everybody in the media has said that MSU drew their worst possible game which because right. okay. you're going up against a potential Heisman candidate quarterback candidate quarterback yes um but unless i missed something guys unless i missed something and it's possible i did because i was i was working on the show's outline while i was trying to cram in that press conference but unless i missed something the the chair or whatever of of the the peach bowl which greg you would know more about sort of a bowl lifestyle um but the chair of the peach bowl did not mention kenneth walker when discussing the matchup i don't i don't know man like you're trying to sell the peach bowl i, right? I don't know <laughs> how you can be this bad at your job isn't, isn't that I, the whole point of why you're on television and I will say I was multitasking. I was multitasking. Uh, I also have to say in watching that just very briefly, the first question that gets thrown to Pat Narduzzi, there's a like Mel Tucker shows up on the zoom because his mic is picking things up while there's just dead air because Pat Narduzzi was muted. The, the first time he, he had to answer a question. Incredible. And I was like, this is, just this is why we didn't hire you, Pat. And you're fake. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street gif about how you're not leaving, even though no one no offered one you any jobs. Uh, Plum, I want to turn to you. You know, the we've kind of joked about it. The Peach Bowl is ostensibly a New Year Six Bowl, but it is not in the new year. Uh, it is not. I, I think we can consensus agree that Pitt, not the matchup that Notre Dame would have been, um, and and frankly, misses a historical. Uh, you know, line and that the Fiesta Bowl is is a bowl that has a little more cachet, probably because it's a national. T- it's been a national title game in the past. Um, so do you feel slighted in any way, or are you just happy to have a New Year Six Bowl? I'm happy to have a New Year Six Year's Bowl. I, I mean, I wanted to I wanted to play against Notre Dame, but I wanted to play against Notre Dame because I wanted to beat that murderer Brian Kelly, and it, that he skipped town like, like a murderer, like a real scared. murderer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, 
I don't know. It, I, I, so I'm not worried about it. Um, beating Brian Kelly was was the only thing I was looking forward to. Now that's off the table. I actually new coach seems great. Rooting for him and his success, of course, can't really root for Notre Dame, but that's neither here nor there. So for us, Peach Ball is great. And you know what? All the things that I'm reading on Twitter about recruiting and Mel Tucker's yeah. connections in Georgia, getting down to Atlanta, getting some FaceTime, getting the players a little more FaceTime, getting some of the recruits in some seats. Um, I've got great friends in Atlanta. I'm thinking about making the drive down there, actually. Mm. So I think it's going to be um, – I think it's I think it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be um, a great win for us. And uh, I love um, the fact that Narduzzi, you know, we get to see Narduzzi and we get to see Narduzzi lose to us. So Walter Skates. Uh, and I know the hosts of this podcast were rooting for not a New Year's Six Bowl for reasons. Um, but the the fact of the matter is, you know, the the net positive of being in a New Year's Six Bowl is that it's more money for the university as well, which is nice. And Vermel, so hey. <laughs> uh, anything else? Any other thoughts on the Peach Bowl that uh, we have? No, we'll have plenty of time to cover this. We'll do a full. We'll do a full preview of the Peach Bowl. We'll talk about how uh, Pitt is you know, such an underwhelming opponent. Yeah, and Kenny Pickett is a cheater. Uh, he explains oh. the rules <laughs> by trying to Maybe fake that he's sliding, uh, but not yes. sliding, uh, right. to take advantage of the fact that the officiating protects the quarterback. And then in the press conference, instead of owning up to it like a man, he says that he just changed his mind or something like that. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> Like at least Crouch. Brad Davison would give a sly smile and be like, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Yeah. Crouch, pop his head off uh, on the 30th. My man. Yeah, please, please, um, please, please. So anyway, uh, we'll, we'll have time to cover that. Uh, there was a, I'm just going to go right through this. Yeah. There was a punter commitment this week, uh, Plum. So of course you'll be on the edge of your seat because the, I know the kicking game is so close to your heart. Well, uh, I love a seven star kicker. He's he's a five star according to Cole's kicking. Cole's oh is in God. like the department store, yes. I guess. Like they, they know how much Cole's cash did we spend on uh, Ryan Eckley? I have no idea, but uh, it's a punter. We're not spending time on this. Um, what is probably more relevant are the people leaving the program because what happened last year is uh, starting already. Uh, <laughs> Jonesy, you want to walk us through the attrition? Over the last yeah, week. Yeah, and it's entirely possible that I don't say this in a joking way that we've we've missed someone. Um, because it seems like the MO from here on out from Mel Tucker, particularly as he is trying to build a, a roster that competes, uh it does not get embarrassed at Ohio State, uh, is is that there's gonna be some turnover and some honest conversations about people's future with the program and, and what they've done to secure their future. Um and maybe that's the case here. I don't know. But Michael Gravely Jr., he's a safety from the class of 2021, has entered the transfer portal. Uh, you wouldn't have known Michael Gravely other than he's someone we talked about when he was recruited. Um, he, We obviously wish him all the best in his career. Um, but it, it did seem like, uh, it, you know, Xavier Henderson, it looks to be returning at safety. Angelo Gross is, I think, going to be a junior next year or you know weird junior because of covid um and then msu recruited two safeties in this class uh that's coming up as well that are are both higher rated than michael gravely was as a recruit for whatever that is worth um so michael gravely's out um long snapper nick chudler um has hit the transfer portal as well uh not, not terribly surprising yeah. uh Hank, this was devastating uh, 
Yeah, Hank Pepper, uh, who was the recruit from the class of 2021, has been taking all of the long snapping duties um, and getting some tackles as well, which I think is super impressive that you snap the ball and then are getting, uh, you know, punt stops as well. Uh, I just want to announce that I'm defecting from the podcast, informing my own Nick Chudler podcast that just follows him around wherever he goes. I'm on the Chud now. It's over, can't read, can't write. I quit. Chud it Chuds only. All right. Chuds only. Uh, Also out is the kicker that Plum bullied last week. Correct. Um, don't remember his name. No, I Evan something. Ethan Evan Stevenson. Yeah, couldn't matter. Hope you're proud of yourself. Uh, For whatever it's worth, also, just folks, MSU did have a pair of linebackers on campus this past week, uh, and it looks like we might be in pretty good position on them. So uh, you may recall at the end of last season how it was kind of exciting that there were all these commits happening from transfers. Uh, Now with officially seven people out in this class, MSU gets to add an initial seven more people which is seven more people that get to come in this year. And so um, that is a huge deal for Mel Tucker as he's continuing to uh, shape up his roster. So indeed. Yeah. Want to talk some hoops? Hoop, hoop, hoop. Or first, we need to take a word from our sponsor. Uh, Oh, yes. The sponsor. Before history is written. Played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thank you, sponsor. Uh, let's, uh, let's chat a little hoops now, gentlemen. And so we had two games this past week, uh, one against Louisville and one against Toledo. Uh, so I, I, I know we're going to inevitably have a conversation about hoops in sort of a broader sense, and that's fine. And, and we definitely have a, a conversation we want to have about, uh, some of Tom Izzo's post-game conference uh, comments after Louisville, but yeah, uh, let's were- start. They might have been pointed directly at last week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. The call was coming from inside the house. That is for sure. (laughs) Uh, But let's start with uh, let's start with the Louisville game in in particular. And, um, you know, we it is a game we chose to preview a bit. um, But I I think I want to start with the defense here because it is seemingly uh, that MSU might be legit on the defensive side of the ball. And what I would point to in particular is that we, we called out their transfer from Florida, Noah Locke as their primary scorer. Uh, dude was held to zero points. Yeah. Um, and that was largely a Max Christie assignment. Yeah. So um, I don't, my, my initial impressions from this game were that, well, first of all, MSU might be fine on offense. Um, I think, there were eight guys with nine points in this game. Does that sound right? It was spread around a little bit more. That is for sure. And uh, yes, it does. It looks like more than that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine. No, no, no. One, two, three. Nine. Nine. I'm only seeing six, but okay. 
Uh, either way, the the scoring was spread against a very good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Is what I was what I was getting at. Louisville, folks may recall, was seventeen Ken Palm going into that game on defense. Um, and Michigan State went forty eight percent from the floor, but sixty percent from oh I'm sorry, fifty five percent from behind the arc. Um, I don't That's know, the big thing that the three point shooting is coming alive here. Well, and, um, and 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 to the defensive point too. I mean, we held them to forty one percent and seven of twenty seven from three. <laughs> just just to make that point a little bit bigger, you know. I think that's. I wanted to make the point about turnovers too. I just, I mean, I don't know. If I, we've been talking about this as a problem, but just before you get into some of the offensive goodness, because I really do want to harp on this, we're three hundred and sixth nationally in turnover percentage. At, yeah, at just under twenty three percent. It's like now, the defensive secondary in football. It's, oh it's, my God! Please stop. Good to be there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say I'm not expert in this, but is that bad? Uh, <laughs> is that bad? But it's yeah, not like well, it's. It, it, they're not. It's not like it's contested turnovers. I mean, it's a guy stepping out of bounds. It's. It's just. It's just stupid passes to no one. It's unforced mental errors. It's guys that can't get out of their own head. And, you know, that is a complaint we've made consistently against at least one person on this team. Can't get out of their own way or out of their own head. I, I don't know I would what say the hell that, that is. The turnovers are interesting because there's, you know, it, Tom Izzo seemed exasperated about them after the Louisville game in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he joked in a way that I'm, I'm, I was shocked that no one made a bigger deal out of it uh, about putting sort of dog collars on the players that zap when they step over the line. Yeah. Because there were so many people who stepped out of bounds just, and, and the, you know, s- someone, uh, I forget who it was pointed out that, it, that it was the freshmen who were doing that more. And it could be something to do with the three point line, mm. you know, the adjustment between how they, how it's measured in high school. Yeah. But if that college. were true, then all freshmen across the country. Would yeah. Be no, I know. Look, Look, I I'm as I'm He's as exasperated as Tom is grasping for answers to this problem. But it's it's also true that Tom can be frustrated as he wants. Michigan State has been terrible at turnovers for a while now. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. isn't news. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the uh, stories that's coming out of these two games. Another one is uh, AJ Hogard is is forcing himself into the lineup. I, I think he's definitely got a role to play here, but what happened a number of times with these turnovers is, you know, he would get a head full of steam and he would go mm-hmm. in transition right yep. into the paint, into four guys. And he's not yet like dishing out of it or pulling yeah, up and hitting good enough, floater. Yeah, good enough to fix it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think one of the stories here is, uh, our friend Tyson Walker is getting more and more and more, comfortable yes. with the offense in fact he had 10 assists in the uh louisville game and how many assists did he have against toledo here this is the part where it's gonna be like negative four uh on the assist to turnover ratio looks like six so not That's quite not- as many but he also played less so uh but zero turnovers turnovers in the toledo yeah. game um yeah, I, I agree. I You know, one of the things I think that A.J. Hogard needs to get, because the, the sort of bull into the china shop isn't necessarily a bad thing, if if he can run a flea flicker to continue to borrow from football. <laughs> if he can find, if he can die, you know, get in there 
get people to collapse around him. Or, though I, yep. I think too, before too long, folks are going to start taking charges on him because he's going mm-hmm. way too hard. Mm-hmm. But he just needs to get somebody... He, he needs to set a pick, essentially. He needs to drive in and and be the screen for somebody who's who's a trailer behind him. Um, you know, and... And I continue to insist to your point that, that he has a role on this team. He's definitely improved over last year by a lot. And um, it's just, you know, maybe, maybe it's a bit of time and nuance uh, for AJ. He he looks a lot more comfortable behind the ball, which is good, but it it is, it is specifically those types of plays that I think we're trying to ascribe too much credit to him on to be able to have the, the sense of presence and self to, to be able to do that swarming to be able to get that ball out, you know, for a long three or something, he doesn't have that awareness. And this just reads as undisciplined. It, it well, just he, reads as too frenetic. And that is yeah. not, that's, I mean, the team might be able to do something with that, but that's a level of lack of discipline that was acceptable last season that isn't now. And I think the fact that Tyson Walker can come in and learn the system and you're not seeing that kind of, I mean, I know they're not the same player. I'm not saying they're the same player, but you, there's a level of awareness and discipline that we're seeing on Walker and, and we're seeing in other players that we're not seeing in Hogard's maybe growth or progression in a way that I would have hoped or expected from the offseason after last year. Yeah, uh, that's that's fair. I, I'm, I continue to be encouraged by his shooting, and he seems to be, as a personality on the team, he seems to be relatively important. Yes, that um, that is clear. He is definitely part of the, the fabric of the team. And he's got a role here. Uh, I think that's... I, I think that is not in doubt. We just have to figure out what that is as hopefully Tyson Walker takes over more and more of the team. Um, we do have to talk about the Malik Hall, uh, Joey Hauser situation, can we, but before can we that, talk about Marky first, Marky. Yeah. I just, I mean, Mark D. Mark. Yeah. Marcus, Marcus Bingham. No, the Mark, 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 the, the Mark, 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 no. Mark, yeah. Mark, 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no uh, that's it. <laughs> my mark, my friends. Uh, so I, I just, I can't say enough about how impressive his play continues to be and, and the maturity that he's playing with. Like, I don't know that any, that any of us would have suspected that, that he actually has taken the leap that he has this year. Mm-hmm. You, you hope for some evening out. But there's a whole different maturity to the to the way that he's playing, and and look, I, I know we're not in Big Ten play yet, and and we could all be saying a lot of different things, but the his box score is so impressive, and it still doesn't really seem to tell the full story of his importance there on the on the court, and and I just I watched his interview post game, and I was. I was reminded at what the team didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Marcus Bingham, it was talking about how, you know, he had an alley-oop and it was the first time that he, that he made a crowd go crazy. And that yeah, he'd always they didn't have that last year. Right. 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 Like, I mean, you know, so much of this stuff and, and is, is new and fresh to, you know, we talk about AJ Hogard, but like dude hasn't played in the Breslin before and in, in, in what we're experiencing in the true now. Breslin. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I just Jim basically, I, I know we're about ready to talk to another, uh, MSU student athlete. Uh, but it is, it is not lost on me or rather I was reminded. And now it is no longer lost on me that what 
these the sacrifices these guys made last year were crazy. Uh, it, it, when we really stopped to like think about all they had to go through, and then and and what they genuinely missed out on. Um, and so, well, so th- is there something here then too? I mean, if you if you compare the the Bingham of last year with the Bingham of this year, and and and, and there's always a growth trajectory. You always learn. You're always hopefully you're always improving. That seems to be a regression to the mean for Hauser, but for at least Bingham, he seems to be progressing, which is great. Um, is there something around playing in front of a packed house, playing at the Breslin, playing in front of your people? is additive that actually brings more out and 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 support is so you know, we talk we harp on I, I talk a lot about culture in the football program and i think with Izzo too but there's something about the intimacy and in being in the brez like that um that's I mean, clearly they is there is i mean vegas gives you an advantage for playing at home yeah it, it's manifest um and no. and i don't know that any of one of us could watch a, a game at uh what mackey and and not think that right shit that's impossible yeah. to play there right i mean yeah. I, you know they and, and i'd like to shut up about <laughs> they will boiling sh- up it's impossible <laughs> to play or, our brains are now mush because we've or just you go to iowa and they think over everything over. is a foul there everything like that crowd is working the refs the entire time um i just uh, you know uh, it it was it, it, i was reminded that marcus bingham is having this year and and you know he's been a big personality and and certainly was last year but we got to engage with him via the TV and and so they they had that immediacy to us that isn't really different than most times but they didn't get anything back and and that that was sort of interesting to think about to me is is what they really lost last year and just in you know I'm not saying they would have been better last year but at least they would have had a home um anyway so marcus bingham playing great what did you want to talk about next greg is it is it the four no we we do have to talk about that but before that we have to talk about the love affair that the fan base is having with Jaden akins me so, too i am Jayden, hot for Jaden. <laughs> i feel it in my plums uh all right so Jaden akins uh Holy gives us shit, man. gives the team ten minutes and hits some very opportune big shots in that uh, in that uh, Louisville game, and uh, it's not just the fan base that's hot for Jay Nakins. Izzo is as well. He gives him twenty five minutes. Yeah. in the in the Toledo follow up, um, which I believe is tied for second most minutes on the team with Tyson mm-hmm. Walker and behind Max Christie. Max Christie actually played the most in that game makes sense. Um, so Izzo very clearly trying to get newer guys, some run, but he has been making the most out of that time that he is on the floor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it, so it, when I watched Jay Nakins, it, you know, obviously, you know, in the Toledo game, we saw him, we saw him hit the three threes. Um, we, we've, we've seen his sort of, offensive rebounding attempts where he flies from yeah. like fucking half court. And it is just beautiful. And, and he's, he's not getting any of them, but like, but he's you there. know, you he's know, that's, it's not that far off. And it's like, holy shit. But the, the thing that when you watch Jade Nakins is watch his defense because he he got lost on a couple assignments, particularly towards the end in the Toledo game. Mm-hmm. But his his fundamentals when he's when it's like guy on guy, 
just, you know, putting a body on someone. Yeah. I, as soon as I said it, but that, that he is, he is really fantastic at not giving up the lane. No one is going to drive on him and he's always got a hand in somebody's face. I mean, his, he is earning it on the defensive side and it is a little bit showier to me than, than Max Christie, who seemingly just makes people a non-factor, but uh, Jade Nakins is, is going to be here for a minute and we, we've got something special on our hands, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Three for three from the three point range and seven rebounds. Yeah. He was five for five uh, from three between these two games and shooting was not really a thing that was, that was really advertised for Aikens, as I recall. Um, I mean, it was an element of his game, obviously, but it wasn't like you wouldn't believe what this guy's capable of in the way that Max Christie was. Um, with that, we could, can I just say, he seems to really care about the things that Tom Izzo cares about. Yes. Yeah. He and seems like a perfect Tom Izzo player and is not. And, and I, 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 it seems like obviously we're not there, but you watch and it seems like he is there to learn, but he is also not afraid of the moment. And uh, so I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how long it'll be before he starts earning even more minutes, but yes, let's move along to the less interesting topic. I'm sorry. Well, I just, oh, no, no, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I get to stop. I just, the kind and I, I hate, I love it and I hate it. Jaden, remind me, right? Remind, didn't he, didn't Jaden Akins play with a certain player in high school? <laughs> Who who for a may very short or may, period of time may or may not be having less fun at basketball right now. That's really really great to see. You really love to see it. You do. You really do. Really glad we got Jaden. Really gr- just just over the moon on that one. Really over the moon. So just really wanted to sit in it. Just wanted to sit uh, in it for a couple seconds here. Just bringing the Mortons to the party. Super salty over there. All right. Uh, let's talk about the four, shall yeah. we? Yeah. So we've got to talk about minutes. Uh, well, should we start with the positive or the negative? Well, the positive we- is we have talked about who uh, who Malik Hall is as a player, right? And our position We've been skeptics. Been, yes. He's streaky. He shows up. He gives you, you know, he shoots nine for nine. Uh, in a game and then you know you don't see him again for the next two but I think Malik is really starting to come into his own right now he's starting to be more consistent he's starting to give you a little bit more on on every outing and he's starting to demand minutes at exactly the time that Joey Hauser is kind of giving those minutes up yes I think the most charitable way of saying that um, Malik Hall, of course, played more minutes than Joey Hauser did in the Toledo game. Um, let's take a look at Louisville here. Uh, same 10 more minutes in the Louisville game. Uh, so this is a bit of a, even though Hauser is starting, right? I think Hauser started technically in each of these games. Um, we're seeing potentially a little bit of a changing of the guard here at the four. Well, and, and so this is sort of an annual reminder for for folks who, when we start talking about statistics, a, a, a statistics that is, uh, that has some value. It's not a perfect stat, but it has some value. Uh, it is better than most. I would say is, is a player's plus minus, which is our, <laughs> for the time that they are on the floor is the team gaining points or losing points. And you, you just, it's a counting stat. So, at Louisville, 
when Malik Hall was on the floor, Michigan State was plus 17. When Joey Hauser was on the floor, Michigan State was negative eight. At Toledo, I'm not I'm not trying to bully here. I'm just reading stats. When Malik Hall was on the floor, Michigan State was plus 19. And when Joey Hauser was on the floor, Michigan State was negative six. So we do, so we have to call out uh, MSU Andy H. Uh, yes. Who usually we, we give props for his, uh, you know, you know, his editing, his video editing, but he also tracks all the plus minuses for the team and other stuff. And, and their lineups too. So it's not just individual players. That's the critical thing that we have to get the next part. So we'll yeah. follow up on this. We'll be monitoring this. It's critical. You know, your plus minus has to do a lot with the other guys that you're playing with at that time. It can have to do with rotations. It can have to do with, uh, you know, ebbs and flows in the game. So um, it is, it is an indicative stat, but it's not the whole picture. So we'll be monitoring yeah. this over the course of the season for sure. We'll come back to it. But uh, I mean, we should, yeah, in the interest of fairness, you should note that Gabe Brown was minus eight. Yeah, and in uh, in the Toledo game, and and in particular, Gabe was um, and Gabe was ne- minus five uh, in the Louisville game. Um, Bench he was. He was the worst, you know, offender in, in, in both times. Uh, you know, you can look at their, you go to their points scored and that changes your opinion a little bit, but the, um, yeah, I, I look, so Malik Hall, well, let's, let's just finish wrap up on the, on the positive. It, what this indicates is at least in part that Malik Hall is a contributor on both the defensive and offensive side of the courts and the numbers back that up. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and so we are seeing a consistency at a Malik Hall that we had not seen. I think his three point game has gotten to a place where, I mean, he's shooting like 50% from the floor or from three point land right now. And I don't think that's sustainable, but it means that no one's ever going to sleep on him. And he's shooting enough of them now that, that that's a, you know, that's on tape and that's a good thing for this team. Uh, it's really actually a fantastic thing for Gabe Brown. Uh, but, you know, Joey Hauser is undeniably struggling. We have uh, been, uh, we've made some jokes at Joey's expense here. Yeah. And Tom Izzo has indicated that he thinks uh, making jokes at Joey's expense, particularly online, uh, should not be done. And that because people have made jokes about other players in the past, they have left the program. So I think. Uh, we, I have, I have some thoughts on what, uh, on Tom's comments. Um, and I, uh, and I have some thoughts on MSU basketball as it relates to like being a, you know, a, a public discourse. Um, but do you guys have any comments first on, on the Hauser hate and whether it's appropriate? Is it, is it ex- more extreme this year? Um, some folks have said that white players get it worse, uh, which is a, Actually, more than one person has said that. Yeah, that, that might be true. I don't, I don't have enough. I guess I've not thought enough about it to be able to opine kind of one way or another. I, it's probably, I guess it's probably true. I don't know. I, I would say, um, first, criticism on Twitter is completely fair game. I, I think we have tried to be a little bit more judicious and responsible around now, not never adding, rarely, um, even using the players' names. 
I think there are better practices. Um, so I think that trying to police that poli- policing criticism in general is just a bad practice because it just invites more, right? So that's the first piece of this. So I think, it, it, and frankly, is mentioning it, naming it like this, isn't helping anyone either. It certainly isn't helping the kid. It's just drawing more attention to whatever's going on in his head. Um, that stated, uh, I understand through a couple of different folks that we've talked to and what we're seeing online, at least or on Twitter. Um, that there was some grumbling, maybe not full on booing, but definitely some sort of lack of uh, groaning, some groaning, some lack of appreciation when when he was announced as a starter in the Toledo game. Um, listen, if you want to have the kids start at the last Matt game of the season, fine, that's fine. But he better not fucking start a single conference <laughs> game until he is consistently putting up double doubles off the well, bench, <laughs> off the bench. I mean that that is it. And, and I know that that's outrageous. I don't really mean that, but, but my point just is, but you plum, because you, you maybe, uh, you have a better way of, uh, word daggers than, uh, than the rest of us here. You also have an opinion about how you act when you're at the stadium. You don't boo. I mean, come on. The, the the whole, you need everyone operating in the best way that you can, especially at home. The whole reason why the Breslin is what it is is because you are creating the atmosphere which is designed to intimidate not Joey Hauser, but your opponents. Joey, Joey, you, you, the students at Michigan State can do no more to hurt Joey Hauser than whatever his mother did to him when he was very young. <laughs> that damage is done. So whatever it is, the kid is living with it. So you don't groan. There's no booing. There's none of this. There's none of that. You bring yourself and you bring the institution and you bring every one of us who is an alumni of the Izone into disrepute with you when you act like that. That's bullshit. And I can't imagine that Tom would allow it. And I certainly know Mel Tucker wouldn't take it in the woodshed. So that that shit has to stop for sure. Full stop. Unacceptable. Um, and, and frankly, it's conduct like that that makes me feel like I have to do something on behalf of uh, the fan club for Joey. You know, and I, I hate to have to do you, that. You need to come what out a as, as, a, as the president in. of. Right. Uh, right. And out myself, as it were. I, I think it's also fair to say that we all, you know, look, look, well, Greg, I'll let you go. I'll let, I'll let you no, 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 no. Plum did a great job. As the president of the Joey Hauser fan club and, and a man that's never said a disparaging word about Joey Hauser, an incredible job with that. I... I also I'm cognizant of the fact that we uh, weirdly do this thing where we host a podcast and we talk about games and we publish opinions about uh, players regularly. And I don't know I, if if you worked in journalism, you wouldn't ask yourself, is the player going to read it? I mean, you may be a little bit nicer. You I think you would me. ask yourself that. I think you I would mean, ask yourself, is it fair? Is it within sure you know the bounds fair of all right that's that's a fine a player point. is it, it the stuff that, get, that yes. gets more personal is the problem <laughs> okay plum on behalf of the pod we also if it's not obvious want joey hauser to do better like we we don't want him to do poorly at basketball obviously Correct. no but no, absolutely absolutely but our our fandom is is not we're not notwithstanding Alex Plum, we're not members of a Joey Hauser fan club. We are fans of Michigan State University. And currently Joey Hauser is not helping them win. And I don't know that it's fair for Tom Izzo to say what what people should be able to do in 
one of the most popular online spaces that exists. However, I'm sure this does not apply to anybody that listens to our podcast. Well, and it, and it if isn't, you and it, and it isn't. if you mention a player, like if you if you write something that that player for sure will see because it will show up in their notifications, then you are doing Twitter incorrectly. Yes, and you should no longer listen to the podcast because it, I I cannot imagine saying those it, like they're they're trying. I can be frustrated at Joey Hauser, but he doesn't need to know about my frustration. So anyway, I don't yeah, I, I, like I, I don't know. That's my my rule. No, I think that's right. I no, I I, I think that's right. I you know, I just a, a couple of points just to wrap this up because I know we got to move on. But just that Tom's comparison of this to like that players have left the program over this is just again, Tom, you're losing your argument. You're unforced errors like this team with turnovers, unforced errors. <laughs> Foster lawyer, Trippy McGee, old, old, took the scarlet tumble down the stairs one too many times. Not, not, did not leave the program because people were mean to him. No. He didn't belong here. He didn't belong here. He, he, and, and by the way, this pod was eminently fair with Foster lawyer. I like Foster lawyer for, which tells you everything you need to know about me and understanding the game of basketball. But the point remains, that's absurd. So you lose, you lose your credibility when you make, I mean, he didn't point out Foster lawyer and that's kind of where the Twitter verse went, but no one's left the program. I mean, it's just, it's not believable. And clearly if it worked, Hauser wouldn't be here. So it doesn't work. And that's the point. And this is probably the, why the frustration is there. If it um, worked, if it worked, but, but sorry, sorry, I know, but, and the last, just let me say the last thing, the very last thing is again, another Izzo thing. And this is to Izzo's credit and discredit. When he gets high on a guy, he cannot see reason. We made this comment. No. Yeah. yeah so you're right. Often last season, and he's doing it with Hauser. He makes excuses, right? I mean, and and so Hauser played six minutes in the second half against Louisville, six minutes, and then somehow he's starting against Toledo. And what does Izzo say? Oh, you should see this kid in practice. Who the hell cares how he does in practice? I mean, practice counts for some things. Practice shows you effort. Practice shows you discipline. Practice can show you a lot of things. But at the end of the day performance is what matters. And if there is a gulf between the two, then your responsibility as the coach of the program is to put your sweet little feelings for how much you care about him to one side so that the team can do well. And you know, this is something that Izzo does that sets him apart and endears him to his players and is why he is so widely loved and why he is a great person. But it is just so frustrating from a fan perspective and watching this when you're just you know, it's like enough, enough. He's just not going to get better, no matter how much you love him. And I, I, I've said it, but that's that's it. And and that and both of those things, by the way, are squarely on Izzo's shoulders. I will I will say about Joey, his Toledo game, the shots he took were wide open, and like he just missed them, right? Like, I mean, like he wasn't before he was borderline bricking shots. Like he just missed these shots. So he's got a few more chances to just keep shooting. If the game's at the Breslin and we happen to have folks who are in the Izone or go to games at the Breslin who listen to this podcast, please, for the love of God, cheer as loudly as possible for Joey Hauser yeah. when he makes a shot because it, it does seem like it's just between his ears. 
and he needs some sunshine blown up his ass because he he's not going to cut it on the defensive side ever. So if he can't shoot, he doesn't have a use. So please give him sunshine. Anyway, let's do we do do we do some interview time? Yeah, now's the time. Let's uh let's roll that tape for uh, uh for our interview about the about a team that wins championships. All right, let's move on from basketball and now welcome in, dare I say, a world champion to the pod. Uh, He is the president of the MSU Water Polo Club, who this year uh, went from a fifth seed to national champions in the National Collegiate Club Championship. Uh, Zach Sneven. Zach, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. Congratulations. Huge season. Huge season. I can't uh, ask for much. Can't ask for much more. Honestly, it was. Uh, it's been quite quite the ride. I don't know if I've really processed it yet, but I mean, yeah, you guys didn't get to play last year, right? So then, to to do a bounce back like that, and in your senior year, win the the championship. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. Congratulations, yeah, man. Th- thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, it was really hard for all of us. You know, junior year or my junior year, not being able to play. Uh, we did. We had a really good showing uh, my sophomore year and really thought kind of we had the personnel to make it happen last year. And I guess that wasn't the way it was supposed to be, but um, yeah, like I said, this year was pretty much a dream come true. So. Um, and, uh, and I'm, you know, I mean, we can talk about a little bit, uh, well, obviously we'll return to water polo, but I'm assuming yeah. getting to enjoy a relatively normal senior year of college too. Which is yeah, probably... that, yeah, that's also been um, <laughs> interesting to say the least. It's it's definitely different, but I'm just glad I can you know have some fun and also go to class in person and um, just be a student, I guess, a real person. Yeah, uh, Zach, I think um, some of the chit chat could go on forever because we need to admit that we are uh, not expert in all things water polo. And also uh, just all things generally, all things, yeah. specifically not in water. Very, polo. very few things. Uh, so, well, I mean, you guys can't read and you can't write, so it's not <laughs> a good combination. Fair. Not false. Zach with zingers on the pod already. So explaining, um, you know, for those of us who don't know, and I'm, it's not mm-hmm. me, but for those who don't know, um, it, like a, you would explain the sport to a five-year-old, what is water polo? How is it played? And how sure. does one win? Yeah, I'll, I can. I'll try my best. So, you're in a pool and you cannot what? touch touch the bottom, which is a common misconception. Um, How deep see. is this pool? So, uh, deep enough that you cannot touch, no matter how tall you are. Oh, oh! I thought it was like a, a violation of the rule to touch the bottom. Oh, yeah, it they is. Got a referee actually. down there holding their breath, just waiting for a <laughs> just like oh, waiting. There, there you go. Just watching. in 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 normal pools it shouldn't be able you shouldn't be able to touch the bottom but sometimes we play in um not the best facilities where you have to be more careful so Um, when you walk into a place and it's like mm -hmm. relatively shallow you're just like god this place is garbage yeah i can't uh, water polo like this you guys it's it's, uh it's funny because that's actually how our our pool at msu is oh well we're headed in that direction actually (laughs) so the questions we're gonna ask you you gotta uh so you're in a pool, you can't touch the mm-hmm. bottom, and yep. uh, there's a frisbee involved. Uh, not exactly. It's kind of 
I always compare it to like a volleyball. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it definitely hurts if you get hit in the head with it, but it's not too hard. Um, and then it's a little bit so it's a little bit bigger than a volleyball, and you can only use one hand. Uh, so if you use two hands, it's the other team's ball. It's a turnover. Mm. And okay. then you have like a soccer net. You have like a small soccer net, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's net. yeah, it's no, that's definitely a good way to describe it. It floats um on you know one goal on each end. And then there's uh six field players in the pool at a time, and then there's a goalie, so seven on each side. Um and then you throw a ball pretty much like I'm trying to think. I mean, you throw it like a baseball, but the ball is much bigger than a baseball. Yeah. Um so you're you're basically swimming back and forth. You're treading water. Um, you're throwing the ball to each other and uh, trying to score. So it's just one goal equals one point, and um, you got to score more than the other team. So you guys, uh, you guys play halves. You guys play quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we quarters. play quarters. Um, quarters. At nationals, the quarters were seven minutes, and then you know there's some time in between. But what's great about water polo and why it's I think really accessible, even if you don't know what all the whistles mean, um, is that the games are like an hour. Um, we'll get into our uh, our Cal game later at Nationals, mm. but you know when you go into a bunch of overtimes, it it, it goes a little bit longer. But uh, normally it's nice and nice and quick. So, are, are, I mean, I'm an hour of swimming, uh, mm-hmm. not for me, but for other people, might seem like a challenge. Um, yeah. <laughs> is do you do you get to do this in like substitutions? Yeah, so it's yeah we have a bench. Um, is it like and, shifts, uh, line shifts, like hockey, or so sometimes? Um, it's it, it's funny that you say that actually because our team, uh, we had one of we have by far the deepest team in the country, and it's a big reason why we did so well um, this year. So sometimes we actually did line changes like six guys in, six guys out, um, but that's not super common. Usually you mm. have you know like your starters and you know you have some subs. Maybe you have more guys on the bench, but they don't end up getting in. Um, it just kind of depends on the makeup of your team. But uh, yeah, so usually like, you know, after a goal or something, um, a team subs. So. Okay. Right. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, you know, a, a club sport, I, I guess my point of reference for a club sport is I played intramural hockey uh, mm-hmm. while I was at Michigan State. Um, and that was fun and I was okay at hockey, but some teams had club players on their team and they were amazing. Mm -hmm. And then Michigan state also has a varsity program as well. So you can imagine sort of the escalation of, of talent. What does it take to become a club player? Uh, you got to show up first of all, (laughs) Okay, Um, which is hard for some people, but not for my team really. Um, yeah, so we're the, we're the highest level at MSU. We're like lacrosse. I always compare it to that because people usually know about mm. lacrosse um there's no varsity program so right we just but there's also no intramural um there's been talk of people wanting to start an intramural as we've gotten more serious um in the more recent years but yeah so basically this year we actually had a tryout because we had so many people that were interested mm-hmm. um and uh yeah just as we've you know gotten more and more competitive and are competing for national titles um we're trying to get you know the best guys that we can find so yeah, so this is this is the fourth title for, for yes. the club, right? Yes. Uh, 2000, 2006, 2008, and then, of course, 2021, um, which puts, I think I read earlier, it puts MSU's program second most in the country for, for club titles. Is that correct? I believe, I believe so. Yeah, I believe that's, that, that's correct. So what, tell us about this MSU program. Like, 
it, it sounds like in the mid 2000s, you know, it was kind of dominant. And then mm-hmm. you've, you guys have had some, this isn't the first time you've been to the tournament. You've had some close calls, mm-hmm. but you haven't won in a while. Tell us about the program. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, we have a, a, a history uh, in, in, in water polo. It's, it, it's kind of funny when I talk about it because um, for those who don't know, like California, just as a state in general, it's kind of known it's like the water polo hub in the u.s that's kind of where um most of the players that play varsity in college come out of that's where like the elite clubs are um so that they're kind of thought as like the the powerhouse i guess and especially people from there they don't think that like the midwest or you know other uh, other places can really play they're probably um, like what but, are they gonna do break through the ice and try well, to yeah exactly a lot of them play. don't even know that we play inside they're like how do you play you know in the winter um <laughs> but um but yeah a holiday in in the midwest apparently right um but yeah our our program's been um pretty dominant since 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 its inception um yeah with the 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 four titles and then they got uh second place at at nationals in 05 and 07 they were in the final four in 09 and 2010 and there's been other great teams that um you know just lost an important game um you know, at the end of the season or what have you, but, um, yeah, especially in those, in those early 2000s, 2010 to 2010 or 2000, 2000 to 2010, uh, they were actually the team of co-team of the decade, I believe with, with, uh, Cal Poly. And then, uh, they won a big 10 title in 2014, um, with a really great group of, of seniors. But then since then, you know, it's kind of been down. Um, but then in 2018, which was my freshman year, Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a really great class of guys come in um, and, uh, you know, I think change the culture a little bit, at least the recent culture and All kind right. of put us back on the map. So kind of elevated the whole program. And then you guys yeah, capped definitely. it off with the big yeah. win. So, so let's go into this actually. So you mentioned that, you know, you can get knocked off with a single loss in the semifinals against Cal. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, that was a hell of a game, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, I mean, I've played, I started playing water polo when I was in seventh grade. Um, and I've, you know, I've played since till, till now, obviously. And um, I've played in around the country and, you know, plenty of close games, plenty of intense games, but that's by far the hardest game I've ever played against. It was two overtimes and then sudden death. So it was, you know, longer than a normal game. It was back and forth. The level of play was just so high. Um, I have to give props to them. They played a great game. Um, yeah. We just ended up coming out on top. So that's kind of you. That's that's very. That's <laughs> it's very more than they deserve. I'm, I'm just assuming that there's going to be Cal players listening to this. So I have to uh, obvious, obviously, yeah. we we get the uh, you know we get the uh, the metrics and the Cal uh, you know water polo uh, you know market. We're just we're dominating over there. Yeah, right now. you're going to look so. at your statistics after this episode, yeah. and it's going to be all concentrated in that spot. Huge fans. through the roof. Uh, <laughs> on the West Coast. So it, when you win, I'm curious, when you win a big game like that in yeah. a semifinal, like uh, you guys don't play a ton of games. I think it was you were 17 and 0 or something like yeah, that this 17 season. Yeah, 17 0. Yep. So what do you learn anything? Is there anything that you learn out of a game like that that you can take to the, to oh, the oh, championship final? Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, so we we got we got down to Huntsville and we played um Cornell in the first round. Okay. Um, we were the fifth seed, so they were the twelfth seed. And we, you know, we played a solid team, good warm up game, and then we played Colorado the next day, 
um, and beat them and a very good team. And then Cal was our second game of the day in the, in the evening. Um, so yeah, just with playing that close of a game where it's just so back and forth and one mistake can just, you know, lead to a loss basically. Yeah. I, I, we just, we just had to fight. I mean, I think that was the kind of the moral of our season. Um, it's, it's interesting when we get to later, when we talk about our championship game, our path was just so much more difficult, I think, than, um, the team that we ended up playing in the final. And Mm -hmm. I think that Cal game was a big part of that. Um, uh, and I, I think it just showed that we deserve to be there. And I think it proved to us that we deserve to be there. Um, if there was any doubt in our minds, so. Well, so let's let's talk about that uh, that national championship game. It was against UC San Diego, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And a uh, bit of a nail biter. So uh, you know, for folks who maybe didn't catch it, um, you know, catch the news on Twitter or the state news, like you know, sure about the game. Yeah. Um, it was it was an interesting kind of matchup because of how similar our teams were. Like Cal was, um, they had a really good center, just kind of like a bigger guy that's like in the middle of the pool um, that is typically in a normal offense, kind of the one that's scoring the goals. Um, one of the best players at the tournament, they had a great goalie, um, but UCSD was interesting because of how um, the makeup of our teams was, were so similar. It's hard to pick out a best player on our team, I think, which is what's so great about us and how well we did. Um, but they were kind of, when we were scouting them, we kind of realized that, there wasn't anyone specific we could really focus on. Mm-hmm. They had a really strong counterattack. They were fast. They were good on man up, um, kind of like in hockey where someone gets kicked out. Um, that's a big part of water polo, um, okay. power play. So they were it, great on that end too. Sorry, I was going to interrupt you with an offensive no, remark about how since it's a club sport, you guys are probably just mostly slamming beers on the side, right? And then how do you how do you keep guys sober enough to keep going in the game, especially in like a national championship final? Yeah, the, well, that's the thing about water polo is that <laughs> we, you know, just with that much swimming, you just burn so many calories. You burn it right off. So it sobers it, you right I off. Mean, you really, it, it 151 really, or bust. It really just, yeah, it just, <laughs> um, you know, balances out at that point. And you've got the gutters in the pool, so if you need to hurl that's yeah, what it just, is right exactly you, right yeah. you get right back in there yeah you just got to make sure that you know you steer clear of the water because then you're gonna have to all get out and then the game has to get rescheduled and then it's this whole thing and um so you gotta do it artfully yeah, artfully exactly. so you guys uh, so you guys win by one goal we call it goal point one point yeah one yeah one goal, goal. yep one goal mm-hmm. in the championship game you bring home some hardware I, you know it, it, it strikes me you guys have been um what is this 13 years between your last national championship is there something to be said for where you guys are going as a program now i mean you had tryouts are you expecting to have to like execute people there's going to be so many people <laughs> clambering down to join the <laughs> yeah team. that's, like, you know, that's the solution to the problem yeah put yeah, someone up on a no, silver yeah. lift in the wind uh, no that's a that, that, that's a really good point um i think the interest is only going to grow i mean um, like I said, like, I mean, I think we have really good water polo in Michigan and people, you know, gravitate toward like the big 10 schools, Michigan, Michigan state. Right. And, um, you know, I think we're only going to have more people that are going to be excited and want to play. And it just, I mean, kind of establishes that we have, you know, people in aquatics that can do good things for the school. Um, you know, our facilities aren't the best and, you know, the recent decision to cut the swim team was really unfortunate, but. I think it incentivizes people to look at us and say, hey, maybe we do need a 50-meter pool um, when we get that new rec facility built. 
Um, Absolutely. We got to get, uh, you guys got to get ahead of um, uh, Haller and athletics, right? I mean, I know you guys are a club yep. sport, but still like a little advocacy. It wouldn't hurt anybody, right? Yeah. it's we, um, you... Yeah. We've been really trying to get the rec- the university to um, recognize us because it is a big deal. I mean, there's over 150 club teams, I, I believe, in a water polo. And there's only like 50 varsity programs. That's D1, D2, D3. Um, so, and only 16 teams for us get to go to nationals. So it's pretty significant um, achievement. And, um, you know, we just want to make sure people like realize that we have athletes on the club level that are doing good things. So, Zach, we, I think we want to ask you a couple of questions about sort of supporting the team generally. But, you know, talking about the you know, the, the decade there of a bit of a dynasty and, and, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, I, I I think about some of the, the sports that we cover more frequently on the pod, like for instance, you know, you know, football and basketball primarily, and that there have been coaches that have been through lines for when you talk about culture and continuity, Mm -hmm. is there, does the club team have a coach or an advisor that is, that has built continuity over time? Yeah. So we have a coach, um, Matt Latham is our current coach. He's been the coach since 2014. Uh, he won a, a big time championship the first year. Um, he was the coach, but, um, I actually, one of my old coaches at one point, uh, Brian Fickeyes, he was the coach kind of during that long era in the early two thousands, um, when they were dominant, but also what it comes down to, cause we're at the club level is that we're all self-run. So we have a board that organizes everything. Um, so we do, you know, th- there have been teams that don't have coaches, but we have a coach, but administratively, like it's pretty much on us. Um, I'm the president. Sure. So like, you know, I'm helping coordinate practices and games and um, fundraisers and organizing everything. And, you know, we drive ourselves to tournaments, um, you know, really it's all on us. So it's not just like in the pool, it's out of the pool. So I think having like the leadership at that level and captains, um, it has made just such a huge difference in our success. Um, I want to shout out really quick. Ben Doherty was the um, Collegiate Club Championship MVP. He played great at Nationals, and he was also one of my fellow captains. So um, not just him, but our, all our other seniors and leaders is a big reason why we we're so successful this year. Four goals in the championship for yeah, Ben. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah, he did great. Massive. Um, so to, to that end, like you said, you're driving this whole thing. Either, Doing the fundraising. It's driving yeah. the bot. Yeah. So we have huge listenership out of United Wholesale <laughs> Mortgage and and, uh, sure. and all right. those places. You know, give your impassioned plea. How do how do folks support the team? Yeah. Where do they find you? Um, What's your Twitter handle? Yeah. It's um it's at MSU MSU underscore water polo, Twitter and Instagram. Um we got a lot of following on social media this year, especially toward the end of the season when we were starting to win um big games. And then we also recently now have a Venmo too that people can donate to us. There you um, go. Search under search under business MSU men's water polo. Um, we're actually uh, in the process of trying to get championship rings uh, for our um, for our title. So if you want to donate uh, to us, uh, we would really appreciate it for the ring fund. Um, and then also soon we're gonna have if you follow us on socials, we're gonna have a a link to a um, a store where you can buy MSU water polo apparel. So. Perfect. I want one of those little hats. It's a nice little yeah. hat. Oh, the, I thought, that we wear I thought you were going to go back to the to the speedo kit uh, with that. No, that's when why you, I follow the account. On, well, that's the only reason I'm following the account on Instagram. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I think you guys should just do your next podcast like in like just in speedos, but no, like no one will know. So you can just talk. Who, about who's it. to oh. say we're not doing that now, Zach? Well, that, that's a good point. Yeah. This is Still why enough. Greg is adamant about no cameras. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, um, and uh, if people want to follow you personally on Twitter, where can they find you? Uh, I'm at Z Sneathen, my last name, S-N-E-A-T-H-E-N. Um, and also just really quick, I just want to like thank everyone for their support um, on social media, people who like tagged like podcasts like you guys um, trying to help, you know, get the word out about water polo. Um, just we just had such an outpour of support from alumni and parents and fans and random people on Twitter. There's uh, an, an MSU sports account at Gruff Spartan who was making memes of mm -hmm. us every time we won a game. That was awesome. Um, we had so many people watch us on stream um, at nationals. So I just want to thank everyone um, who's been a part of our success this year. You're here. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you. And Zach, sincerest congratulations again and a resounding go green from the pod. Thank you. Go white. We uh, will continue to support you guys. All right. Let's get back into it off Grand River. And Plum, you did promise that uh, that we're going to talk about Brian Kelly getting what some are calling the Mel Tucker deal. And you have to do this in your Southern drawl, by the way. Now I'll say, now I'll say, now you listen here, y'all. Now, 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 I, now I'm gonna just, and I, we are happy. Monday. We are so happy to have to have to be down here in Baton Rouge, uh, Baton Rouge here. Well, we're just so happy to be your football coach. So my wife and I like to say thank you very much for having us down here, everybody. It was uncomfortable. It was. It wasn't. It was uncomfortable. It was very, just, very uncomfortable. He is. He is a piece of shit. He's a piece of, he's a bad person. He's a bad person who he's, is, if not legally culpable for the death of a student at Notre Dame, <laughs> is certainly morally responsible for the loss of that young man's life. And I hope that that continues to haunt him. He is to, uh, uh, he is to his assistant coaches. A, a who, who did not follow him. A, a vilesome, loathsome, opprobrious human. One who they would not deign to leave South Bend, Indiana for. No one wants to live in Indiana. Let's be, no one wants to live in Indiana. South Bend? And yet that is where they're happy to remain. Because going to Louisiana State with Brian Kelly is like, frankly, putting your child's life in a scissor lift and the windiest oh day of God. the year. And why would you do it? You wouldn't do it. So um, happy, happy that Notre Dame has, and you know, I, I don't root for Notre Dame, but I'm glad that they have a coach who is a sensible, not Brian Kelly, not Brian Kelly, a sensible young man, uh, our age, I should say, I think he's 35. Good mm -hmm. for him. Um, ready to make a huge impact. Ben, the defensive coordinator. I, that's probably all I'll say about it. Good luck, LSU. You guys are totally horsed. Love to see that. And can't wait for that to be a complete shit show. We'll be rooting uh, now for the Tigers' demise um, consistently. I was just going to say that I might take South Bend over Baton Rouge, by the way. I've not spent Every any day. time in Baton Rouge, but it seems like maybe South Bend. And South Bend's not great. No. Yeah. No. Uh, of note, also, Mark Turgeon fired from Maryland. Mutually parted now, Michael. Well, mm. they extended him last year, and then suddenly he's gone. So Also, this mutual parting comes with his $5 million severance. Yeah. Which I can't wait to mutually part with Maryland Athletics at some point in the future. It sounds lucrative as hell. Yeah. And I know we don't have this on the outline, and that's fine because we got to go, but can we just... 
I mean, and I know maybe it's all, but the Miami, what's going on in Miami right now? I, I'm oh. truly, <laughs> truly befuddled. So at time of recording for people who are curious, because this may be dated information by the time you download this podcast. But if you missed the drama, the the reports are from credible reporters that Mario Cristobal, the head coach of, of Oregon, has been given until midday, like literally an hour after this podcast gets released, to accept the Miami job or not. Recall the Miami job Miami... notably is not open because Manny Diaz is currently He's employed currently there. The coach. And there is no athletic director. So it's like the board. Who, did directly, you know the board is like 50 people? It, oh my God. It sounds like a good idea to have the board be bigger than what we have right now with seven. Oh, no. But at the same time, <laughs> no. like these are the moments. These are the types of ideas that come out of such a, such a body where it's just like, Hey, what if we just, uh, you know, emasculated our standing head coach on the off chance that one of our alums wants the job? And if we say no, then we've got, you know, uh, you know, a, so, a lame duck for a year. So, it's really so, no, so the other thing is that apparently if Mario Cristobal does not accept the job, they're going to extend Manny Diaz. So the coach who currently has the job, they'll make the coach longer. But they've offered his job to somebody else. It is truly the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And it makes me, it feels very on brand, honestly, on brand. Uh, should we preview some games? Yes. All so, right. so Big Ten basketball is here, gentlemen. Um, and we get introduced to two new coaches. Uh, Can I just say really quickly, I'm kind of happy for basketball season. Like, this yeah. fe- this this carried us more last year uh, because it was a fuller season uh, yes. as a podcast. And I'm I'm happy it's back. That's all I'm going to say. I'm also happy it's back, uh, though. I really wish that uh, Minnesota basketball had brought back its old coach. Now we have to get to know Ben Johnson, who mm-hmm. played at Minnesota from 2002, 2004, something like that. You know, he had uh, experience as an assistant at Minnesota and then also at Xavier. Um, who knows? I mean, it, Minnesota could always be relied upon uh, to make a mess of itself. And now I'm just concerned that maybe this trip to the barn, I, I don't think it's going to result in a loss, but like it was, you know, the the outcome was much less in doubt before. Um Interesting things about this team, by the way, which is only like Ken Palm 91 um, and is way worse than MSU. On it's worse than Louisville in every category by a large amount. Yeah. For a team that is currently undefeated, um, these metrics are awful. Um, and it's a result of, yes, winning games, but winning them against subpar competition in like a like narrowest of margin, like two overtimes with Princeton. Um, They beat a rocket Watts uh, Mississippi state team, but uh, I mean, rocket rocket's not doing great down there. Uh, Kevin, can I, I have to interject. I'm looking at their schedule right now. Go. Uh, Who you here's just who is published. Who's who's broadcast rather the games for, for Minnesota. This is all right. So their first game is against Kansas City. 
It's on a Tuesday, so that's like a day that it could be on a TV station. But it's not. It's on Big Ten Plus. BTN Plus. I was going to say, what's the BTN Plus counter here? Uh, then uh, Friday, November 12th, it's on ESPN U. <laughs> they have a game against Princeton on ESPN 2. That's a double overtime win against Princeton, folks. Uh, then Purdue Fort Wayne, BTN Plus. <laughs> that's on a Friday. There wasn't conflict. Uh, and then uh, Jacksonville, BTN. And then Pittsburgh, ESPNU, and then Mississippi State, ESPNU. Their best game has been on ESPN two against Princeton. That's what you want. Yikes. Anyway, sorry. I just I I was reading through that. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> they're making no money for us. No, they're not helping. I guess the BTM Plus needs to sell direct subscriptions. You know, that's like confirmed uh you know monthly revenue or something like that um important thing for actually both of these teams is the rotations are very short there are four dudes at minnesota uh that are averaging 30 minutes uh a game already so um i wish (laughs) yeah so (laughs) msu fans you're gonna love this minnesota team time to switch none of the same rotation issues that you have to worry about with izzo um and uh, this is just not this is not a good club right now. Uh, yeah, I'm not even though this game's at the barn, I'm not too worried about Ben Johnson and his guys pulling this one out. Yeah, despite being undefeated, it's not exactly a murderer's row that they've been through. So um, they've got us and then they have Michigan. So back to a cupcake schedule. Um, let's talk Penn State. Uh, Ken Paul, 85, 91 in offense, 78 in defense. What else do you know, Greg? Well, also a new coach, uh, Micah Shrewsbury, right? Picked yep. him up off the pile. Um, like I said before, uh, also a very short lo- rotation. Currently getting annihilated by Ohio State. Again, this uh, information yeah, would be on out of date potentially, or almost certainly by the time you listen to this, unless it goes into infinity overtimes. Um, they also lost to LSU in overtime. They lost to Massachusetts. They've lost to Miami. This is um, also not a formidable team. <laughs> what? Do we yeah, have no, they're on no, this game? No, uh, they, it was, it's a respectable loss, 76 to 64. Hmm. I mean, if you're Penn State, I guess you hang your head on that. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's a quality, it's a quality loss. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly, it, it's a quad one loss. That's for sure. Um, all right. Uh, so look, honestly, though, I think these are you couldn't ask for easier Big Ten warmups uh, in a weird part of the season. So this is uh, this is you're going to see Big Ten bodies, I would say, though, both these teams have a ton of transfers, but uh, it, it'll be a, it'll be a good test, a good early test for MSU. Um, Twitter questions, gents. Yeah, let's move on. Let's uh, let's go. What do we All right. Got? First up, Salim Siddiqui, who I think is a first-time Twitter questioner, uh, asks, is there any possible way for MSU to fix their pass defense by the bowl game? No. No. <laughs> uh, it, it will be, uh, Salim, I, I think it's likely that it is healthier, so you'll see something closer to the first seven to eight weeks, which was a better red zone defense than we saw in the back half of the mm-hmm. season. So, I mean, I like... But I don't know what to tell you. There's a reason they had this team playing the way they did. Like that, it was a choice, and I don't think it was a choice that they would like to make 
forever. Um, but it's just who they've got. Uh, next up, wide receiver to combo guard pipeline. Back in the mentions, I love it. He asks, I'm conflicted. For a long time, Cassius Winston held the title of player I would name a dog after. Adding, I actually did name mine after it, Cassius. Aww. Uh, when he left, uh, Rocket definitely held that position. Oh. Who? I mean, that makes sense. Who would you? <laughs> it's like a Red Rocket. Uh, I don't yeah, I, I know. I went there too. Plum, <laughs> bail us out with a penis joke. Uh, who, who would you say holds that position now for best name for a dog? It feels very, I don't like the way I said that. For if you're adding Joey, a member to Joey, Joey, <laughs> he's in the doghouse. Did, did you adopt this dog just to kick it? Is that what this is about? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, did you want to go full John Wick on a dog? Yeah. Oh, John Wick is technically avenging a dog. Yeah, I know, Michael I know, I know. But uh, it's- but yeah, let's say you're adding a member to the family. Plum, uh, who's who's the best potential namesake? Ah. Uh, you don't have to stick with basketball, by the way. Oh, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Is it? Is it oh, I was gonna say, is it Maddie C? Maybe it's Hank Pepper. That's a good name. Mm. Hank Pepper. I, I like the hardy dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. It's both uh, names too. Like, what does my dog Hank Pepper? <laughs> Maybe just canine. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I was going lot. with this. That's a little obvious, isn't it? A little on the a little nose. On the nose. I, I like that though. I like that it's so obvious that you have to. You're introducing your dog to strangers, and you're like, "What's his name?" Canine. <laughs> so stupid. And All right. Like, like seven years, they're like, "Oh, I get it." And you're like, "No, actually, you don't." Do you remember <laughs> Kenneth Walker the Third? Let's watch some highlight film. Man, we're never going to see a running back that good. All right. Next up, Spartan eighteen seven seven zero. Who does D'Antonio root for in the Peach Bowl? Oh, there was a dialogue. Come on. There was a dialogue below this that said in private. Um, but you can go ahead with your come ons. I agree. I mean, Spartan 18770. D'Antonio has been at most of the games this year. I think he's been to like one pit game. So his loyalties very obviously lie with the He's Greedo, a Spartan. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you put that much of yourself into an institution and not have that. I mean, dude worked tirelessly. And he's still technically employed by the university. There's that. But In, he did add private. That was brought up. He added privately because of his relationship with Narduzzi, which is a fair question given his loyalty to relationships. Uh, but I do think it's MSU. Yeah. Uh, great question from 187, uh, Spartan 18770. Is Imani a four-year player? Plum, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> at the current rate... Um, yeah, but probably not at Memphis. The Penny Hardaway is going to shove his ass right into the transfer portal if it, <laughs> this doesn't get better. And Tom will not be calling. No, uh, next from Spartan 18770. What's the best spot to sit by on the red seater to watch you guys freeze your ass off? Are you guys familiar with this? Mm-hmm. So I believe Spartan 18770 is referring to a thing that is happening among some other podcast hosts that we were not invited to be part of, uh, where people said if MSU got to 10 wins that they would jump in the red cedar in the middle of winter. Um, That's just that's just faithlessness. That's a that's self-imposed punishment for for their faithlessness. And this pod is not a faithless pod. 
So it's it's true. So they while they're doing it, these other podcast hosts, we should stand there like say anything with a boom box. Yes. Uh, and just blast the episode where we called it that this was going to be a 10 win season. Yes. And by we and by we, I mean, plum. No, apparently uh, they, for those of you who are in Michigan are attempting to make this somewhat charitable and Darian Harris is helping out. So you might want to find a way to tag onto this, Greg. I would love to see your slender body in the red Seaver. Red mm. Okay. Uh, John Hubbard's up next. MSU got a five-star punting commit last week but he has neither goggles nor mustache. How big of a risk is he if he comes here? John, Plum. we can show him the ways. I'm sorry, Plum, go ahead. No, I, 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 Plum, you're making for great audio right now. <laughs> what, what, what is there? There's no, I mean, I sound like fucking Lou Holtz. <laughs> I've shown that video to so many people. Uh, just, really... Out of nowhere, you're just in a water cooler. You're like, hey, have you seen this Lou Holtz video? And they're like, no. And you're Apropos like, of nothing. Bit, 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 bit. I play, but here, that's also, not good. Your, your impersonation of Lou Holtz was spot on. Spot on. I think you, needed to, you needed to spit a little bit more as you did it, but it was pretty good. But the thing is, when he does it, and I did it, I played it for somebody without telling him who it was, and uh, my friend Chad got that it was Lou. He was like, "Is that Lou Holtz?" Like, "Oh, that is upsetting." <laughs> I uh, I know a, a person that saw Lou Holtz speak at a conference and was like, "He gave the best speech." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I wasn't there, but I know he did not give the best. Did, did, he, did you need an umbrella for yeah. it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next up is John Hubbard. Did you watch Michigan, Iowa, or do you love yourself and spent your Saturday night doing things you like? Iowa's often spent things doing things they like. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I was offense was not watching that game. I had it on. Uh, yeah, I was not paying direct attention to it. I was, uh, we were hanging out, but uh, it was it was on. What about you guys? I was I was watching for a bit, and then I remember when they talked about uh, how Brian Ferentz told them that if they got behind the chains, they weren't going to try and get a first down. Yeah, and then it was like it was like second and twenty three, and they ran two running back draws like up the middle. And I, it, it, like as they were saying this, yeah, no, and that was the point, and, and, I mean, was, and that's when I turned it off, and I said, yeah. I said, that is you, you are not going to win this game, correct? You, you've chose, you've chosen to not try and win this game, um, and I, I tried to send something to to my buddy Jared, who's an Iowa Iowa fan today, to say like, are you are you ready to like have a sense of humor about this? And his response was paragraphs, so he's clearly not there <laughs> so yet. No. He's not there so, yet. <laughs> Uh, but like, I mean, I, I'll say this. I've not been kind to Iowa all season. I I certainly, I have no problem saying I was rooting for them to win, but they, uh, the West is an embarrassment. I mean, like if you expanded the, the, the playoff to 12 teams, it's the East is in the playoff. I, I don't know how to, the, the West has never won a conference championship. No. I don't know how we keep doing this. The sample size is large enough now. I don't know. We got to change this. Isn't that, didn't Wisconsin win it one year? Did they? Oh, they just didn't go to the playoff that year. 
I don't think the playoff existed yet. Oh no, then it wasn't. Then it wasn't East West. It was Legends and Leaders. Yeah, hard to me. Right. Uh, I won't Google on the pod, but I believe Wisconsin won it against. Oh, that was the seventy to thirty-one game that I was thinking about. And yes, that would be the Legends and Leaders game. Since yeah. it's moved to East and West, you are correct. The West has never won a conference championship. So what are we doing no. here? Yeah, that, it, it's absurd. I'm with you, and, 100%. And, and, you know, the thing is, like, Iowa had, I mean, a, well, you wouldn't know from the 42 points, but, like, they had a really good defense this year. But we've all been there as Spartans, right, where you have just an ass offense, and how long can you, as a defense, hold up in that situation? I, I don't know. Uh it, but it, what we've got going on as a as a conference is absurd right now. Yeah. Uh, and and I think any objective outsider would agree that it's insane that Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State all sit in the same division. Uh, anyway, and Indiana, even though they don't have Penix anymore, and two Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, John Abbey asks, "You have to bet your house on one or the other." Hauser to make a three or anyone but Matt Coughlin to kick an extra point. Oh, I just burn that question. house down. Yep. I, I don't let anyone else get it. Scorched nope. earth. Janae yep. Abibibi. Yeah. Re- <laughs> up, up your premium limits. Yep. You are definitely making money on that thing. So. Uh, all right. I meant to ask you guys this uh, beforehand, if you understand this question, because I do not. I'll admit. Carl. Black head coach and athletic director Enjoyer asks, why doesn't Perkins have a Patino-themed helmet? I'm sorry, themed skillet. skillet. Uh, Seems like a marketing win. Who is Perkins in this? Perkins is a restaurant. Oh! Perkins is a family-style restaurant. In the South? I, 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 they have them in places. I think that might, they're probably, I, I, yeah, it's a, it's a green, I, I, yes, I, yeah, yep. It's I, a green circle oval logo with like him. a, like a little tan in there. Yeah. Probably. I, I, but I, they'd I, have skillets, I think. Right. So you get your breakfast or lunch skillet. Now a Patino themed skillet. I couldn't begin to guess what that is, but he's a, but, but to be fair, Rick Patino is a slimy. Are there strippers involved? That would yeah. be the analogy, yeah. right? No, he's well. Oily. Whatever it is, the skillet is served very quickly. Yes. <laughs> Still on fire. <laughs> is the case of number ten the first time someone has was both clearly? First of all, Carl, thank you for saying number ten. I also have seen people put. H and then the at sign and then spell the rest of his name. That's also great because apparently he's searching his name. Uh, is the case of number 10 the first time someone was both clearly the last guy picked for most teams in high school, but also a D1 scholarship holder? <laughs> All right. We're just being mean now. Yeah. But yes, but he does it seem to have some end blocks for yeah. feet. Yeah. But that is the first time. Yeah. Uh, Greg, I'm going to ask you to ask these next questions. All right, first up from Vodka Zona 19, uh, Plum. The last living member of the Band of Brothers, Edward Shames, passed away this week. May he rest in peace. What is the best American war series or movie in your opinion? The Pacific. Loved it. It was great. You per- Do you prefer The Pacific over Band of Brothers? I did. Yep. I liked what? It a lot. Wow. I really that is a hot movie. take. 
That is hot. I'm like uh, aroused. That's so hot. Well, I, I was too watching I it. I can tell you that right now. Paci- <laughs> mm-hmm. tell you that right now. I didn't finish the Pacific. Wow. Should I go back to this? Yeah, you really should. We should do it together, Greg. Uh, but uh, to be fairly, uh, just to be fair, I've never seen Band of Brothers. That's the other reason. Oh, <laughs> bro. Bro, you don't even qualify for this question. Well, then. you asked me the question, motherfucker. So that's <laughs> do, you, do you have, Greg, uh, Plum, do you have an HBO uh, Max account? Yeah, what am I? What, am I a farmer? Yeah, I have a oh, all right. HBO do, Plum, I'm telling you, you're not making a mistake. Do it. All right, I'll like, watch it. I'll put it on yeah, the like, all right. No, 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 no. It's like after first six. on the All right, I'm going to go right now. You guys good? We'll see you next week. I'm going down yeah. to start Band of Brothers. Oh, shocker. Listener guest is ready to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, next, Greg, what's next? Uh, Jonesy, what's a Christmas tradition that you've started as an adult that you look forward to every year? What was your favorite childhood Christmas tradition? Uh... I've started no Christmas traditions as an adult. The, the tradition seems to be stress out about the calendar. Yeah, I mean, I, I I started hating Christmas music as an adult. Is that a thing? Yeah. No? I'm, I, I don't is think this tradition? is any of this is in the spirit of what Vodka Soda 19 was asking, but it's the answer to her questions. Uh, Plum, did you have a favorite childhood Christmas tradition? Um, We, I mean, no. I mean, I, no, I guess I, all of them. We had a very typical, like, midwet. You put on the lights. You put up the tree. We had the angel that went on top. You watch the Christmas story all day long. We go to grandma's. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Sounds boring That's when you say it like that. but I think it sounds lovely. I, Almost- I, will, I will say this. As uh, as fatherhood has is, is kicked in, um, that my dad made a big stink about watching a movie every year. And, and there was a point in time in life where I got old enough that I became an obnoxious sort of teenager, early 20 something. And I was like, I not interested in this as much anymore. And I say that knowing that my dad is probably listening to that. But now that I am a dad, like uh, I know there were years that he had me for that tradition. And I am supremely jealous of those years. And I look forward to those years with my son. so that was a cool tradition that we had where uh, it was the Santa Claus for a while. Uh, and it was great. That might've had something to do with your disinterest. <laughs> hey, hey it's been on a little bit lately here and it is, uh, and it's, it's, it's fun with the kid. It's a lot of fun with the it kid. Holds up. No, no, no. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen holds up. It, not much of Tim Allen holds up, but that one does. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, when it gets into like you have to marry a woman today and there's like a lack of agency for women, that really, for Santa Claus 2, really goes out the window. But whatever. Oh my God. I had no <laughs> yes. idea. Vodka oh, yes. Soda 19. Look what you've done to the podcast. Uh, finally, from Vodka Soda 19, uh, Plum, would you rather go watch MSU in the bowl game? Now we know it's the Peach Bowl and accidentally shart. I have to stand there for the entire time or watch from home as if these are the two options. Well, and literally I was just talking about going to it and now I feel like I'm going to go to it and I'm going to shout and I'm going to stand there. You're going to go. Yeah. I was just saying that. Yeah. That's my plan. Oh, I, I blacked you out for a little bit there. That's not unfair. <laughs> I'm going to take this shart. I'm going to take the shart. Me and Anthony Shartvert are going to be there together, sharting our brains out. I don't know if that's true, oh, Anthony Shartvert. Let me know if you're going to be there, buddy. He had to change his name because apparently his boss found out about his Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, no, his brother-in-law ratted on him. That's the oh, best part. Wow. Shit. Speaking right. of Christmas and, and tradition, I mean, rough. 
Go Sorry, Sharper, for, drink, for right. airing your dirty laundry. Uh, next up, Nate C. High quality question here. Is U of M back? If not, what do they have to do to be back? They need a slogan, damn it. They need like a, they can't take top coming, but maybe they could do like Harbaugh's here. <laughs> Something really <laughs> bad. Seven years makes a king. Yeah. I would say to be back, they have to meet what they think they are, which is a program that they never actually truly had to begin with. So, um, yeah, you, I, you're not back when, when you win one Big Ten championship in 20 years. So, or, or I'm sorry, two now. And beat Ohio State once in 20 years. Yeah. Like, and, and congrats, like a great win. No yeah. one's trying to take that away from you. But to be back, whatever that means, I mean, I guess you are this year, but that doesn't mean you are next year. Um, it's not like you're 10 and four against somebody, you know, if you were 10 and four against Ohio State, I would say you were back. I mean, that would be a pretty impressive record against another team, 10 and four, right? Yeah, that'd I mean, just be an probably, era of domination. Yeah, you'd probably own that that team at that point. Um, next up from Nate C, uh, who will be coaching at Ohio State now that Ryan Day has lost to U of M? Uh, I mean, Ryan Day has got to be looking around and saying, how much are these motherfuckers getting paid? Yeah. Like, I think another Ryan Day is going to crawl out between the space and his eyebrows, and then he'll just <laughs> he'll molt through that. Yeah. And we'll get another Ryan Day to continue to coach at Ohio State. Um, it's like a phoenix meets a, a like an insect type of image that I'm meets Ryan Day's really bizarrely spaced eyebrows. It's like a, it's a horror movie is what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, last from Nate C, what do you think U of M fans will be talking about for the next 10 years? No idea. Can't imagine, Nate. It's a great question. Can't imagine. All right, what's Speaking next? Speaking of which, Nick Kamansky asks, Jonesy, which of Iowa's punts was your favorite? Nick, I mean, it, this is hard to pick out. And what's alarming to me about this is that Iowa prides itself as a team that can run the ball. And knowing that that Michigan has given up five rushing touchdowns in a game before this year, I was surprised that they were not able to to do more. Um, but, you know, world-class special teams over there in, the, in corn country. So. In a game to the same dude um, as well. Yeah. Remark yeah, one dude with five touchdowns. Could you believe it? I am as surprised as anybody that Michigan was able to do what they were do able to do, and and kudos to them. You know, they were able to overcome their challenges. Uh speaking of challenges, man, Nick and CT, you guys should have a club. Any advice for watching a basketball team with a quote unquote starting point guard challenges? Um. Anyone? I, I, I take mean, a transfer we did this last from, year. Yeah. Okay. Take a transfer from uh, Mississippi State. Uh, yeah. That'll fix all your problems. <laughs> he may be transferring again. Really? Are they talking about that? Are there rumors already? No, I'm just saying his year's not going great. Yeah. Um, Plum, where do you stand on the war on Christmas? Pro. This is the last question. From <laughs> take it to Christmas. Christmas needs to be taken down a notch. It's true. Uh, next up is R. Sawyer. 
formerly known as Sawyer Like Tom, who asks the follow-up question, what's your preferred weapon in the war on Christmas? Oh my gosh. Gentlemen, I have to say climate change is my preferred weapon. Uh, For those who don't know, Oregon was short on Christmas trees this year because of climate change. Huh. So. Take that, Christmas. Yeah. Otherwise, it's generally speaking, I don't know, taking a baseball bat to the uh, Salvation Army guy. Also good. Also good. Uh, next up from our Sawyer, uh, Plum. Look, there's two weeks left in the semester and I'm fried. Tell me your best dad joke. Oh, I should have said that to, to Jonesy. I'm sorry. Mm, I did it at the intro. I don't have anything better than peach jokes right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have any. Dad. It's so hard on demand. Yeah, on our demand. Sawyer. Yeah. Just listen. Listen to the intro over yeah, and over and over again, again. for an hour. An- until you fall the, into a manic state. <laughs> delete the pod and then re-download it. Just get those listens up. It'll pay us cents. Uh, next up, Mike Jones, not me, who asks, where do we sign up for the can't read, can't write secret Santa gift exchange? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Mike has already given me the gift of only having one space on his tweets. So that's been great. <laughs> Uh, also, I apologize, Mike. A couple of weeks ago, I did not get one of your one of your questions. It was apparently in reference to your uh, to your uh, formatting. But I love this idea. Um, yeah, he has he, another idea for crowd participation, and and I just have to say, you all, you two in particular, following hmm. through on this is interesting to who me. me. Who me? Yeah, yeah. Who, who, are we doing who, this in person? Who, who, or are we doing this electronically? This uh, Secret Santa. Were we, just, were we just all swapping Amazon gift cards for the same amount? I don't know. There, there can be other things, you know. Yeah, all right. Next up, can't read, can't write. Get bowl a classico OnlyFans subscription for someone. <laughs> that honestly, you should have kept that to yourself. <laughs> that would have been truly. We should do a Secret Santa as a as a pod here. Three-person right. secret Santa. All right, moving on. Next up from Mike Jones. Plum, can't read, can't write, bull game, pick them. I'll gladly set up a group for people to join, but I need a commitment from all the hosts. What say you gentlemen? Uh, uh, yeah, this, li- this listener guest says, wee wee. Oh, right. it, was, it was just a, a request for hosts. So, Greg, yeah. what do you say? Yeah. Let's take a look at it. Let's, let's, let's take a look. I think it actually needs to happen a lot faster. Than oh, yeah, it probably does. Uh, we'll take a look at it, Mike Jones. It's a great idea. We sincerely appreciate. Uh, and if you're willing engagement. to take all of the work, uh, we might take you up on that. I like this uh, Secret Santa gift exchange, though, a little bit better. That's what drew you in as the gift exchange? Yeah, I don't I'm just I've got different possibilities going through my head right now. Oh. Uh, finally, from Mike Jones uh, to to the lesser Mike Jones, since Izzo loves to complain about Twitter and, uh, and the bashing, he's got to have a burner account. Ooh, what do you think his username is? Everyone say something nice about Joey. Uh, and then also he calls out the plum. You probably have to say two nice things. Um, his, uh, he's tall and, um, and he, he, his family loves him. He looks like Doug, a famous cartoon character. Oh my God. He does look like Doug. <laughs> uh, and I would say that, um, his, his burner account is at Stefan underscore Ozzy. O-Z-Z-I. Ah, there we go. 
Great job. Right. Plum's actively yawning on the podcast. All yeah, right. I tried, to back up. I tried to back up away from the mic. That's on me. Next up, Next up. from Garve. Plum, redeem yourself. Is the hate for number 10 more justified, the same, or less than the three departures from last season? More. Numbers two, three, and 15. More justified. More justified than two? Yeah. We were, it, it, yeah, we were actively complaining about his defense last year. That's why there's no substantive improvement. I mean, there's ju- in fact, there's marked regression. So this is the issue. All right. Uh, Jonesy, you like a food. Uh, Garvard asks, what's your favorite dish featuring peaches? What's one you've always wanted to try? I don't This is a weird question. This is like a Mamopoli type question. They, these two... Don't tell me the good that. name of Anthony Garver. How how very dare. Very Larrier. Larrier. I don't know. A peach pie. You know, down south. Yeah, they have got you tried one of those? Yes. Peach, a very sweet tasting. A peach jam is very tasty. It's very good on crackers with a with a nice like uh, goat cheese. Um, nice little uh, like nice little summertime charcuterie. Yeah. So. I'm a cobbler man. I'm I'm a simple cobbler man. Yeah. A hearty yeah, cobbler. Um, and then finally, prop bet of the week from Anthony Garbert. Number of passing yards from Kenny Pickett in the Peach Bowl and the number of points from Gabe Brown before end of the season. <laughs> Over under on 449. God, he's good. <laughs> oh, he does this every time. Every time. Oh. I hate this. I hate it too. I hate it too. Oh, but he's so good. The real I think, shirtvert. I think uh, Kenny Pickett gets ejected for the first ever offensive targeting. Yeah. <laughs> in in a makeup call for the ages for what he did. No, he's gonna so, um, he's gonna try to do it again, but he's gonna slip and fall forward and tar- and hit a guy right in the helmet with his head, and that's gonna they're gonna. Yeah, I'm now. going under on Pickett. Over on Gabe. Over on the Gabe. I bet, the, I, bet the uh, I bet it's under both ways. Sorry to say. Uh, CT and TC ask, what's your favorite live college mascot? Greg, go. Uh, it's got, uh, is it Colorado State that has a, there's like a cow somewhere, right? Well, mm-hmm. Colorado State is a ram. Uh, a ram. They got a ram. You have the buffaloes. Oh uh, man, Bison's. Rather. I don't like. I don't like Colorado. This Colorado stuff. We'll take the it's Ram out of the Colorado State. Yeah, couldn't afford a Ram, Colorado. What about uh, you? Oh, you good? Uh, yeah, Ram for sure. Hate it. I like the Bulldog at Georgia. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, or Yale, or or uh, Georgetown, or Take just that. the uh, Stanford Cardinal, and they've just uprooted a tree. is that what they did this year for the mascot they just uprooted a tree and they just sort of carry it around (laughs) they bring it around yeah try to uh next from ctntc do you think brown or bingham will come back for a covid year this is a great question yeah we had a uh greg i texted you about this yeah this may well be why tom Izzo is leaving the two scholarships open yeah, that I know that this is the idea and it's also the speculation in the media, right? Um, is it? I oh. think so. I think this has been speculated. I thought I had an idea. As well uh, from some of the beat writers. Um, the problem is I, I'm i not so sure that these guys want to stick around for another year. Maybe Bingham, but I'm, I think Gabe, it, it could be like a, 
like an Aaron Henry situation, right? It's like for good or for ill, I've put my time in here. Yeah. Let's continue. I yeah, but we'd be happy to have those guys back for next year. That's for sure. I don't yeah, I don't know how much more Gabe has to do at Michigan State, one way or another, right? Marcus Bingham would only stick around if if he thought he was gonna he could put together a truly dominant big man season. Like yeah. if the conditioning could come through or whatever, but um last from CT and TC says, Congrats on the New Year Six Bowl. What an awesome season. Thank you, CT. I uh, wish I could say the same. Rank the six bowl games just based on destination city. This is good. Atlanta, too. Miami, Dallas, Pasadena, Phoenix, and New Orleans. Plum, you've, you're a traveled man. Yeah, I've been to all these places. I don't know about um, Pasadena. Conflating Pasadena with LA seems a little gratuitous. Um, mostly just because of how difficult it is to get around when you're there. But so personally, probably. Uh, Miami one, Atlanta two, ooh, L A three, New Orleans four, Phoenix five, Dallas six. Why New Orleans so low? Wow, yeah, I was shocked by that. Because once you've been to New Orleans enough, you, there's really not much you get. I mean, it, you've been there, you've done it. The French Quarter, you're not getting any. Do you feel that way about Vegas too? Yeah, I can't stand Vegas. I would. I mean, I would agree that I can't stand Vegas. Either. I would say that that applies to Vegas way more than it applies to New Orleans. I think it also just applies to a lot of these places. Like, yeah, I, well, I lived in Atlanta, and I think maybe it's partly like so Miami because of the beach, and so like that is always going to be a thing you can just do and not have to worry about. Atlanta, I just I probably know more about it. L.A. Similarly, like there's just more of the music scene and stuff. I think New Orleans is probably has a scene as well, but it feels very much like it's a specific shtick the pretty old bayou thing i that maybe that's just my bias i'll tell you phoenix and dallas if you you if you could go lower on the six like if you could make them like a 12 and a 13 hey now oh i know your parents lived no sorry about that i also really i also liked dallas quite a bit ew yuck bad take bad no my experience has been uniformly awful and There's one neighborhood Dallas, that I hung yeah. out in Dallas that was rad, and then otherwise I would agree that the, the city sucked. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Taylor Anderson, uh, are the pod hosts slash listening guests fans of Peaches? They're fine. And not as is good as like Plums. <laughs> is this uh, is this the the songstress Peaches? No. Uh, Next up, mm. prediction for the college football playoff games. I think it ends up being all SEC final. Would you have flipped the rankings at all? So the rankings are uh, what Bama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati. Correct. Yeah. Okay. There is no conceivable way those those rankings flip. There's no it yeah. just the Michigan fans and I. You know, I have my brother was texting me up until like two in the morning last night over how Michigan should be one seed, and I'm like, you've you're a sensible person. Like you're sensible. You tip it. You have a very good read when Michigan does poorly. You you do you, you're very sensible guy. This is insane. Michigan yeah. beating Iowa. There's no way in the living hell yeah, they they were like. Are you out of your mind? They they. I mean, it was. Oh man, just the, like, and you know we don't. I mean, I think ten is very good for Michigan State. I wouldn't root for any. I don't think we should be anywhere higher than that. But come on, guys, see reason. Anyway, I would love. I mean, I think it probably will be that. Um, I'd love to see Cincinnati. 
upend Alabama. It's not. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not impossible. It's not going to happen though. Um, but I'd love to see a Cincinnati Georgia final. That'd be nice. Just I don't want to watch the SEC championship game again. Again, although it was a good game, ish, ish. I I honestly don't care about having to rewatch that. I just care about Michigan getting smoked in the first round. Okay, moving on (laughs) to Mamapoli. Yes or no answers only. Kind of the pendulum has swung back the other way. Will Kenneth Walker III place higher than third for the Heisman? Yes. Uh, Plum, will you be enjoying a Bellini on December 30th? I do like a Bellini. Uh, what is a Bellini? A Bellini? Oh, wow, Greg. Some champagne with a little bit of peach. Uh, I don't know if it's peach nectar or peach juice. Um, that might actually be all it's, Bellini. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a mimosa with peach. It's a... All right originated in venice interesting they're delicious you should if you see a Malini, uh, bellini while you're like out for brunch you but should i, I think you would i think you have to have like a piece of peach in it and i think it is supposed to be the nectar i think it is like it's the thicker syrup i think okay. yeah there should be a it should be a cloudy look to it yeah uh and last from a mupleaf uh grek will you give credit to narduzzi if he out coaches his old with an e Ugh, for some reason loyal gratuitous gratuitous susan that's not even how they spell it there right <laughs> she's just being a, i love it ostentatious for yes good yes because she knows it hurts you and it's good it's good and right it's a dig uh sure i'll tip of the cap to pat uh for for beating this MSU team. No. Just to pull it off. Why not? I don't care. All right. Next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Gut instinct. How disruptive will the... Omicron. Oh, is that how we're consensus pronouncing? Omicron virus B? Omicron. Also, doesn't the name sound like the name of a 1980s toy? Plum. It does. It does. Let's play with Omicron. Red. (laughs) Yellow. Red. Blue. That was supposed to be Simon. I think um, I, I, it sounds, I mean, it's already very distant. It's not how disruptive will it be. It already is. I think uh, folks in their haste to uh, control the virus, you know, shut down all this travel. That's not a good decision. You know, it's like uh, the horses are out of the barn. Let's shut the gate. No, no, that's wrong. Too late. They're gone. Closing the door isn't helping anything at this point. Um, and what we know it, it does, it disconnects individuals who are already at the you know bottom of the pyramid, so pyramid, some of the most you know disconnected, vulnerable folks in the world, um, preventing folks from being able to get access to resources, make income, send that income back to family members, get needed supplies. So shutting down travel to the global south is not a good decision. It puts an undue burden on those folks, and that's where we need to be driving um, vaccine equity efforts. Uh, I, 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 I. I am the only person who wants this still, but I still think that the president um, has every reason to invoke the Defense Production Act and every single major major corporation in the United States should be required to, to produce 7 billion vaccine doses. Uh, and let's just get the damn thing over with. Um, this is unacceptable, what we're continuing to live into. So uh, the good news, mm-hmm. no, sorry, the good news is it doesn't sound like this thing is actually more lethal. Uh, folks have been living with this throughout South Africa and a bunch of places. Um, and it's, it doesn't look like it's more lethal. It might be more transmissible, but oftentimes we see when viruses are very, very transmissible, they often have other structural weaknesses, which make them, um, 
even if they're able to evade some vaccines, they're typically not a very, very strong virus that's that's leading to higher levels of death. Or Wasn't more. that the argument of the head of South Africa's either public health or their equivalency of Surgeon General was that that in look in some ways this may not be the end of the world if there's a less lethal version of this that's more transmissible. Yeah, well, that's and that's effectively how we have the common cold, right? I mean, that that's what you effectively had. I mean, I, I don't know what the evolution of that was, but I'm just saying you can have. I mean, typically things that are very, you know, that's just kind of one of the ways that viruses tend to work. You you have something that's that has a a, a, a it can meter out over time into something that's a little bit more sustainable, if the, you will. Yeah, the 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 adaptation, the mutation that allows it to do one thing is typically also the Achilles heel to the other part. So you you take the good and the bad, it, which I mean, is one of the reasons why Ebola. All things considered, Ebola is actually very difficult to transmit. But if you get it, it ain't going to be good for you. Right? It's you unpleasant. Have, you, you have to come into very sustained direct contact with Ebola. So like that's not something, it's not air transmissible. It's not something you're going to be, you know. And it makes a certain amount of sense, right? That like it, you, if the, the lethality is not good for a virus's survivability. Right. That's exactly right. Uh, anyway, immediately. All right. this this got too far. Uh, forget MSU hockey. What's up with MSU water polo and cross country? Too late, Mister Neurotic. Yeah, this is the episode for you, Raymond Chains. Also, MSU hockey won a game against Penn State, so Indeed. very excited about that. Uh, all right, uh, last up for Mister Neurotic Pants this week. Stevie begs coach to let him play for Toledo. For Toledo. <laughs> Quote, I never get to play until it's all over, daddy. End quote. Embarrassment when Tom confuses Korean boy band BTS with BDSM and is angry with the Korean press. Mel Tucker oversteps when he takes new recruit onto court with 30 seconds. Wait, um, left, probably. Left in the game. Left, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wow. like the I this like the is BDSM. Yep, just why not? We've all, and we've all been there. We've all been there in our in our Twitter searches. I love Stevie saying "Daddy, Daddy." <laughs> all right, last up, our dear friend, the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, who asks, "What are you getting me for Christmas?" It depends on if I pull you in the White Elephant Exchange, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. And it's you're more plexi. into this than than I ever imagined. Plaxi only fans. Plum, what did you think of Gabe Brown this week? Lo- loved him. I don't know. I, Gabe Brown has been fairly consistent. I he's been solid. I'm not super excited about him yet, but he's he's there. Uh, and Greg, how many transfers in and out before next August? Well, I'll focus on the out. Uh, we've got three already, right? Um, no, we have seven. Seven or oh my god! No, nine, nine. We have nine, nine out. Fifteen then. 15 yeah, that sounds right. That is sounds it right. nine seriously? Because I know yeah, because gravely, gravely made seven, which meant that he, that Tucker could add seven people to the to the roster, and then there was the other two, the the kicker and the um. But I I don't know I don't know that the long snapper or the kicker were scholarship. We're on scholarship. But, so, but they're still transfers. But so we have seven scholarship transfers out. So we'll go 15. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen. What a way to on, end it, Upper Deck Jerk. <laughs> on Tuck coming indeed. Uh, look, this has been a fun week of uh, of being a Spartan. And uh, and it's basketball season. And honestly, I love that feeling. So uh, with that, a resounding go green, gentlemen. Go white.
Go white, you guys.